Hey, what's up, you guys? So right now, who am I with? Leo Knapp. Leo Knapp. So this is actually a part of the 50 Stranger Challenge, and Leo Knapp is actually the first stranger uh, that's part of this challenge. And um, what this challenge is about is being able to go up to people and record the conversations that you have with people. Uh, in order to you in order for you to really understand the social world and have a really accurate perspective of the social world and what really caught me about nap right yes what really caught me about nap is that um, he's his ability to read people's lips is insane like there was a moment where I whispered uh, questioned him what was his favorite book and he was able to get that completely and um, I'm not really in his world, and it's just, uh, I'm honestly glamorized by that ability, and it's something that I truly want to be able to learn as well. And um, what we're going to be going into is, I don't know what we're going to be going into, but maybe nap story or anything along those lines so you guys can gain some value off of this. And uh, yeah, I don't know. So nap, what's up? Well, uh, just sitting here in a Barnes and Noble meeting. Uh, I missed your name. My name is Min. Nice to meet you, Min. So uh, yeah, I'm kind of just here. I was here with one of my buddies, but he had to leave early. Uh, so I decided to stay here and check out some books on like spiritualism, mysticism, numerology, all that metaphysics. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where I met you and you asked me to do this interview here. What got you into spirituality? Uh, you know, I started out pretty young, and when I mean pretty young, I mean very young. I was still in the crib when I had my first experience with the spirit. I was, uh, shoot, I don't know how old I was, but in the crib kind of gives you an idea. I remember a spirit of a knight in full armor sitting in my rocking chair in the middle of my room that my grandmother gave me. My grandmother was still alive at that time. But I would always put, like, my toys and stuffed animals on this chair. So I wake up one night to this apparition, sort of say. Mm. And it was just sitting there. It, it said nothing. It didn't move. Uh, and, of course, as a youngin', I start crying, scream, screaming for my parents. And they finally come in. And they actually repeated the story to me because there were some parts that were kind of foggy. And they said, as soon as we came in, all of your toys fell off the chair. Wow. And that scared everyone in the house. Mm. So uh, come to find out, uh, many years later, I think I was still in middle school, I was doing a project about my last name. And my last name is actually German. Mm. And I went a little further into it, looked into like some family history, and I found out that uh, one of my ancestors was actually a knight from Germany Wow yeah so that really scared me as a child and I really pushed away from that uh, along with that I also had what I now would consider a, some sort of psychic ability my intuition I always seemed to just know things and I didn't mm. understand how I thought I was just lucky or it, it was a coincidence but uh, yeah, I still kind of shied away from the whole spirituality, psychic sort of thing until a couple years ago, I was, uh, I was introduced to crystals and like metaphysics of that. And I thought, 
it was the most interesting thing. So I started working at a jewelry store that I found, small store in Huntington Beach, California. Uh, and I learned all about metaphysics there. I even found another store that taught me even more information, and that's where I'm located now, which is Spiritual Origins, as well as in Huntington Beach, California, where I am now reading tarot cards. I am a psychic. I am a Reiki level two practitioner and a practicing medium. Mm, mm. And tell me about your journey uh, going through that and the experiences that you've had that really developed you as a person. You know, one of the main things that developed me as a person and into my spirituality was, unfortunately, it had to happen, was the passing of a very close friend of mine. She was a diabetic. She could never keep her blood sugar like where it needed to be, her levels where they needed to be. They were either too high or they were too low. And one day she went into a coma and her parents didn't find her until several hours later. She was still alive at that point. They rushed her to the hospital and she passed away as soon as she got there. Mm. And when I found out about that, that's when I had this shift in energy in me. I knew that something was wrong. And then that's when my best friend told me that my close friend had passed away. Mm. Tell me about um, the things that you do or like sometimes um, with, I have a friend, she uh, is able to see past lives. Mm -hmm. And uh, the way that her process is that sometimes spontaneously images will start popping up and that will allow her to uh, see the past life and stuff. And uh, I have another friend who's psychic and what will happen is that almost a movie will start playing through their head. Mm -hmm. And this movie will kind of allow you to see aspects about that person that you didn't. Um, So tell me about your kind of mental process about uh, sharing these gifts to the world. So from what you seem to be explaining here with your friends, they seem to have a very high concentration of clairvoyance, which Mm -hmm. is uh, what we call clear seeing. There are many kinds of clairs. You have clairaudient, clairsentient, claircognizant, and all these other ones. And they're just all feelings and connections, uh, whether it be with the spirit world or with your psychic gifts. Mm. I myself have gone through a few past life regressions. And what Mm. that is, is you get in contact with a hypnosis or Mm. you get in contact with a hypnotherapist that puts you through hypnosis. Sorry. Mm. And uh, they regress you back. And I did a lot of group ones. So it's it wasn't one on one, but it was still a very interesting experience. I myself am primarily clairvoyant mm-hmm. so I I can see things very clearly I can see things that maybe other people can't mm-hmm. and that was another thing that really did scare me as a child mm-hmm. but I I had had several like premonitions of past lives and I started getting in contact with my spirit guide and he would tell me reasons why I was seeing these how it pertained to my present and how it would pertain to me later on in life mm-hmm. so really our past lives actually have an effect on us in our current lives. They're there to essentially tell us what it is that we should look out for, common themes that we go through in lives, things that we still need to work on, things that we may not have, like businesses that we may not have finished in past lives that we may want to finish in this current life so that way our souls can progress on. Mm. 
Is it appropriate for me to ask you to do, to share your gift with me? I would love to. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, of course. So, uh, well, what was it that you were hoping? Um, I have I have spirit guides, I think, or that like that are basically the number four four, and um, I'm reading a book on boundaries because uh, sometimes I feel like the four four would lead me to towards this particular person consistently but i'm trying to figure out like what are these spirit guides actually trying to tell me to do are these spirit guides telling me to go out of my way are these spirit guides telling me to learn how to say no Mm -hmm. to particular things um so you know i think what i'm learning is like particular boundaries uh uh on my journey and um maybe more uh, clarity uh on the situation that i'm going through or anything that is just uh that i may be struggling with yeah i don't know if that is that does that make sense i you know it kind of does uh myself i'm not too familiarized with numerology but within Mm -hmm. the tarot i know that the number four Mm -hmm. stands for it almost stands actually as a boundary Mm -hmm. but for the most part it's about structure Mm -hmm. and finalization Mm -hmm. like in the four of wands in the tarot it's all about the home it's all about the upkeep of the home if it's in its reverse position it means that the home is in disorder it means that things need to change mm-hmm. uh, but when it's in its upright position it normally means like very uplifting energy within the home it means like there's a time of celebration and a time of happiness mm. but when i think of that in your position it yeah. definitely can correlate to boundaries to mm. making these boundaries yeah there's uh, definitely it's a there's a home situation that's happening uh with uh my friend like uh like her i can't go too much into it but it's just like there's a situation that there's a lot of home chaos that's going on Mm. so that there's a there's a correlation between uh that as well um if you were to use your ability to um so tell me, I, I don't know, like, tell me about your process about the, uh, like, I'm, I'm actually very curious about a lot of things about you. Like, okay, there's cool. He has the tarot process. Okay, he reads tarot in a particular way. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then he has the clairvoyant ability. I think it's more like the curiosity is coming from what can you see with that clairvoyance. Then you also have the ability to read people's lips like a mofo. <laughs> so... um those are the three areas that I'm like super curious about and if you could like expand on those areas. Okay, so like I said before, with clairvoyance, it's all about clear seeing. Uh, along with that, I also have a lot of the other gifts. I don't have all of them. There is one that I don't have, but it comes to me whenever my grandmother comes around and that is uh, clairgustance, which mm-hmm. is clear smelling and tasting. Mm-hmm. And whenever my grandmother is around, I can smell her perfume and it's very potent. Like you can, I could smell it from like miles away. Mm. Uh, but the gifts that I do have, clairvoyance, everyone knows, clear seeing, mm. clairaudient, I can hear things, which mm. kind of sounds funny considering I have hearing loss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, claircognizant is basically clear knowing. So I know things when I shouldn't. Mm. And clairsentient, I can feel, I'll feel a certain way. And a lot of the times that can reach out into being an empath. And what an empath is, is a, it's a person who is very susceptible 
to other people's energy and emotions almost to the point where they can take on their emotions they take on their personality mm. wow oh so basically oh so you can take aspects of my personality and like just yeah so say like you know i'm not calling you this but say like you were really fake around people you were like you know say you were really depressed on the inside but you always seem to be very happy and upbeat i can actually sense the fact that you are depressed that you're hiding something mm. and i'll almost take that effect mm. do you have the ability to read thoughts uh you know i at times when i have like my vibrations really high there are some days where it's not some days where i'm like i can all know exactly what it is that you're thinking and there's some days where i'm like I can barely even read your lips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it really just depends on like how, like if I'm tired or if I'm just having a bad day. Like so you have to I'm, be in a vibrational state. Yeah. And you know, like I'm only human. We're all, we're all human here. We have yeah. our days. Mm-hmm. I got you. All right. Tell me about the process of learning how to read <laughs> people's lips accurately. So, you know, I started learning American Sign Language in the fourth grade, and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Like, I could have conversations in class or just wherever, and I wouldn't have to say anything. Mm-hmm. And I started diving into, like, the deaf world and the deaf community uh, at the start of high school. Because when I started in the, in the fourth grade, I only learned, like, a few words, how to do the alphabet, and that was about it. But I was able to retain a lot of it. Mm. Once I started high school, I started taking the language more seriously. I started getting in contact with deaf people, going to actual deaf events that are everywhere. Like, you would be surprised, actually, how many deaf people are in Orange County. Mm. There's, like, hundreds, thousands of deaf people. You wouldn't even know it. Mm. But uh, when I started learning sign language, I started realizing, like, oh, people will they won't necessarily say things but they'll mouth the words that they're signing Mm -hmm. so i kind of started thinking like oh this would be fun to like you know kind of read lips and then i realized a lot of deaf people did that not all of them but there is a there's a pretty high percentage of deaf people who can read lips Mm -hmm. at a very uh high degree Mm -hmm. but really it's a small percentage uh i forget what it is i want to say only like 30 percent of lip reading is actually like eligible Mm -hmm. with me since my hearing loss is not that big it's very small percentage Mm -hmm. but uh, like right now i can hear you i can hear you going "Mm, mm, mm," that Mm -hmm. sort of thing yeah but uh your facial expression and the tone in your voice it really gives me uh and input on what where this conversation is going mm-hmm. or just the overall tone of it mm-hmm. okay so we're gonna do like a little quick experiment just to see just for fun and uh what i'm gonna do is that if it's okay with you are you are you cool with it i'm assuming you're gonna do a little bit of like the liver some saying some things yeah 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 so the the lip so basically i'm gonna be about 15 feet away from you and then i'm gonna be whispering uh a particular statement no i'm gonna be whispering a question to you Mm -hmm. right and then if you could 
actually say the question and then answer the question. All right. Is that cool with you? Let's try it. Okay, okay. I'm up for the challenge. Okay. If, if, doesn't matter. Okay, okay. All right. So, roll this. All okay. right, so I'm going to keep this. All right, so I'm going to be about like 10 feet away from him and, uh, uh, yeah, well, whatever happens, happens. So let's get this started here. Let's give him a minute to uh, to process what he wants to ask me. I want to say you're asking me how my experience was with spirituality. One more time. With synchronicity. My experience with synchronicity. Um, that's kind of hard to say, really, because uh, synchronicity can be taken in many different ways, in my opinion. Like, uh, it, synchronicity can fall in between, like, you know, like divine timing and if, like, the meaning of your existence. So, my experience definitely has been one of like i guess you can flip-flop it around a lot of the times i tell myself like you know these bad things happen for a reason and then there's other times where it's like god the world is just against me right now so uh i really try to be more optimistic and say you know like these things happen for a reason i don't want to like throw myself in the dirt and say like f this i want to say this is happening for a reason things are going to get better Okay, so that was about 10 feet away, and I wanted to come up with a question that was kind of, like, personal to me. Mm -hmm. So that way, the audience would know, like, oh, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. Dude, dude, that was dope, man. Dude, that's crazy. All right. Dude, that's amazing. Um, what, what's, okay, so what's been, like, your experiences with people? and um, how you've kind of navigated the uh, social world with your, um, number one, your spiritual abilities, and number one, uh, your uh, capability of sign language and being um, hard of hearing and all that stuff. Like, how, how have you navigated the social world and, like, your experiences with people in general? Well, you know, uh, I'm going to take this, like, one part at a time, starting off with, my, with the spiritualism part. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a lot of it has been very positive for me. I've only had a couple negative experiences. My first negative experience, like socially, was uh, I was in the downtown area by the beach. And this is when I was first started working for the spiritual store in the downtown area. And I started off with like handing out flyers, trying to promote the business. And during the time, there was a very big event. We call it the U.S. Open. It's a really big surf tournament. And, uh, of course, during any big tournament or any big event, there is going to be those people that want to come and start talking about the gospel. And they have, like, those signs, and they're just, you know, quote-unquote trying to save our souls. I'm not much of a person that is into organized religion. I prefer free thinking, and that's why I consider myself to be eclectic. 
But uh, anyway, so I was promoting this business and these people come up to me and they, they're like, oh, you're so young. You've fallen onto a wrong path. Like this is going to lead you down a unrighteous path. You're going to go to hell. You're going to be depressed. <laughs> and I told them like, I'm actually not depressed. I used to be, I used to be very depressed. I used to have all kinds of anxiety. I used to, I, I don't know how far I would go into this, but I used to do like very self-destructive acts. And when I found spirituality, it really healed me. It really healed my, my soul and my heart and everything else about me. I started being more optimistic. And that's what I told him. I'm like, I have never been more happier when I started learning about spiritualism. I myself, I've, I've never been one for like Christianity or like organized religion. I always considered myself more like agnostic. I wasn't like full on atheist where I'm like, there is no such thing. I'm like, you know, show it to me. And that's kind of what happened was I was shown my gifts. I have these gifts, so I might as well use them. Mm-hmm. But of course, the, those people were like, oh, no, you're, you're going to go to hell. I want to save your soul. Like, mm-hmm. stop doing this. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, no, I'm fine. I will, I'm going to continue doing this because this is what makes me happy. Mm-hmm. This is what makes me happy in this lifetime. And I know what I'm doing mm-hmm. is right. See, it's a common pattern uh, that they talk about, like, you going to hell and all that stuff. And if you look at the um, energies of hell, it's almost like it's, it's the energy of guilt. It's the energy of shame. It's the energy of fear. It's the energy of anger and pride. It's the energy of needing and wanting and craving, mm-hmm. right? So, like... If they feel the need to almost um, impose their perspective, if that's the best way of putting it, if they feel the need to do that, if they feel um, a need to control the situation, right? Because they're basically putting you in a situation where it's kind of a threat. It's like, if you don't go here you're going to go to hell. Yet these these same individuals experience almost an energetic hell consistently, occasionally. They still experience anxiety. They still experience moments of feeling of like guilt, moments of feeling like they lost something, right? Like for example, if you're not on their religion in a sense, they're going to like let's say for example, I I have a like they'll they'll still be there there'll be still a minute energy of like ah uh, no like 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 um like it's almost like like i do see the value in christianity i do see the value in and, that and i definitely do too like a lot of their ideology i can respect mm-hmm. but a lot of it as well is very hypocritical in my view that's the word yeah like uh and along with that like how they say like we're trying to save your soul like that does stem from what the bible says like how people say, like, uh, like, I forget what the verse is, but it has to do with, like, love thy neighbor or something. Mm. And it's basically how a lot of churches uh, justify what they're doing mm. by telling people they're going to go to hell. Mm. It's their ideology and thinking, like, I need to tell them that because I love them. Mm-hmm. I need to tell them they're going to hell because I love them and I don't want them to. Mm-hmm. 
So I can, you know, I can respect that. But at the same time, when people say like, you know, I don't care for your religion, I don't care for your beliefs, I like that's not my way of thinking. I would also like for them to respect that mm-hmm. and not go as far as like trying to shove it down my throat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's a there's a forceful energy with it. There definitely is. Like I'm and I'm all about boundaries as well. Yeah. I you know, I will all tell you how I feel, but if I notice like, oh, maybe you don't care, or even if you tell me like, you know, I don't care, then I'm not gonna just push on you. Yeah, yeah. No, it's like um. No, I definitely experienced it. Yeah, you're right about the hip, and it's like <sighs> when you when you go. <sighs> Because if you if you really look at the word and if you because there's a way of almost energetically translating what the Bible is saying, mm-hmm. it's like okay, what what was the what was the passage as to how they kind of misuse that in order to kind of impose the idea that you're gonna go to hell? Uh, I'm pretty sure it was the love thy neighbor passage. That's kind of what I've read in like articles and heard in like videos and stuff like that, where that that's kind of how they justify some of their reasoning to, I don't want to say picket, but essentially go to heavily populated locations and basically spread the word of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you look at it, it's like, if you don't believe in God, it, it kind of, there kind of is, like, if there is not, if you look at it from that level, if you don't have some level of faith, if you don't have a level of compassion or courage or love, right, what happens is that you can start submerging yourself into lower energies of fear, anxiety, shame, guilt, and pride and anger, right? But if, if there's the energy, because God almost represents compassion, he represents courage, he represents acceptance, he represents neutrality, in a sense, he, he represents peace. And if you don't embody those qualities, or if if there's not a devotion, any level of devotion to those qualities, yeah, you can go start going down to the darker energy level. So, but to take it verbatim, to take it from a kind of moralistic perspective, mm-hmm. that's when it starts. Dis- that's when they start distorting uh, the words, in a sense. Yes. I feel like, and you know it. Um how you were talking about how uh, a lot of people view God as like very accepting and loving, you also have to think back at the Old Testament. And I know a lot of people are probably thinking that as well. Because uh, for me, I'm all about like the old ways, old practices, not so much like in, in a cult manner, but almost to the effect of, uh, you know, just remembering old ways and accepting those traditions. Uh, and going back to the Old Testament, they were, they almost viewed God as like very judgmental and hating. And that's what I was brought up with. When I went to a church, I was told that God, that you should fear God and all the, on all these things. And I felt like I didn't belong in that. I didn't want to be in a religion of such spite and hate. And I, myself, I'm actually a very open with my sexuality. I'm not straight at all. I'm very indeed homosexual and that and when i found out that like oh no gays allowed in heaven i'm like well i clearly don't belong here i don't belong with this with with these people because a lot of them don't respect me and my decisions and i've come to uh i've been proven wrong with that and i'm glad that i have been proven wrong Mm. 
because I feel like I almost closed myself off to all of Christianity at one point where I'm like, all Christians are assholes. And they're, and they're not. I've met such beautiful people like, who are very accepting mm-hmm. of my sexuality. I'm very grateful for those people. Mm-hmm. Mm. Cool. This is a new topic. Sexuality. Fun uh, times. Um, so I kind of been down um, like uh, thinking like uh, basically picking up girls. Mm-hmm. Like that used to be like my notion. And that's kind of what got me into approaching people in general. Mm-hmm. And um, what happened is that during the process is that um, the way that I was submerging myself into. Here, you want to look this way so you can see your stuff? Yes. Okay. So the way that I was going about it was um, I recognized that there's a lot of like, I don't want to condemn it because I've already been down that route so much because it felt for me like when I was younger about sexuality, I, I felt like it needed to be accepted. It's like I felt like everybody was trying to repress it. I felt like everybody was trying to suppress that aspect of one's personality and that created a deep frustration for me. And now it's kind of more like this is lust is almost an energy that I'm submerging myself into um, that is going to create a sense of sabotage in my reality. Um, Like, for example, I have some homosexual friends and they'll go on like Tinder or something. Right. Mm -hmm. And and what what you're exposing yourself to is that there you're exposing yourself to people in a particular mindset and a particular thinking that doesn't really um, validate you as a person. So if you speak to me, right, there's almost a level, there's a space for you to really share about yourself. There's a space for you to be authentic. There's a space for you to really show who you are. But when you're going into, I just want to get my needs met, I just want to get my pleasures met, Mm -hmm. people become no longer the space for that. And then over time, you start recognizing characteristics about them that aren't very supportive long term. So how have you seen sexuality and how have you seen it uh, affect you as a person? Well, you know, I I realized my sexuality when I was, I want to say fairly young. I was in the sixth grade. I think, shoot, how old would I have been? I want to say probably like 13-ish. I can't remember, but that's when I kind of started realizing I had these tendencies to realize like, oh, like some of these guys in my class are very attractive. Mm. And then I didn't come to accept it up until my freshman year of high school. Mm -hmm. But I did come out to a couple people who were very close friends of mine. Mm -hmm. unfortunately one of those quote-unquote friends actually almost outed me uh, to a lot of people at our school and I had to unfortunately drop him as a friend but he did come back he apologized sincerely to me so we were able to rekindle that and as I moved on I became more open with it uh, and I realized that it was really a part of my identity on who I was and how I want to fight for equal rights for, uh, you know, for people to get married to who they want to. But of course, there has to be restrictions because I know a lot of people are going to say, well, like a 16 year old can't date like a 20 year old or something. And of course, like, yeah, that's not right. Mm. 
like, yes, there does have to be boundaries, but if it's two consenting adults, two consenting adults, like, I don't think that there should be any problem with that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And what made you, like, identify with it? Because, for example, I remember some moments in my life where I had, like, incest thoughts before, right? And what happens is that the there would be like this weird there would be a thought that will come up and what will happen is I will start identifying with those thoughts well no what will happen is that you have to almost learn to almost disidentify from those thoughts because your brain can produce the most wackiest and most craziest thoughts possible like for example like stealing something mm-hmm. right like oh like like sometimes I'll, I'll be in a grocery store like oh I should totally like get that there'll be a thought a whacked out thought that will pop in my head, but I'll know good enough to recognize, okay, I can disidentify from that thought and not do that. So what kind of made you identify with being a homosexual and not recognizing that, that it was just a thought that just come up, came up? Well, you know, the, that I feel like that also like branches into like morality and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, because when I was younger and I was first delving into my sexuality and I realized, okay, maybe I do like guys. I considered myself to be bisexual where I like both guys and girls. And then when I had my first experience with a guy, I realized myself, you know, like, okay, I actually really like this and I never felt this way with a girl before. Mm-hmm. Like, so I was like, okay, like I, girls still have like a place for me. I still feel like I can be sexually attracted to them, but I'm more sexually attracted to men and as it went further along i realized i started losing more sexual attraction towards women Mm -hmm. and gaining more sexual attraction towards men you know who you remind me of you remind me of my friend uh awesome that you're 16 by the way right 16 i'm 19 19 okay you're 19 i don't know you said the age 16 so i was like oh 16 okay cool all right you actually remind me of my friend he actually used to be a Reiki uh, practitioner, and he was, like, trained to become a Reiki master. Oh, awesome. And uh, he was um, bisexual at the time. And then what happened is that he was the person that just, like, did not like Christians, like, whatsoever. Mm. He did not like them. But inevitably, in the process, he actually became Christian after a, a woman came up to him. And in the process is that I don't know what happened is that he basically went Christian and then he became straight and then he got married right after. Now, I'm not imposing ideas onto you, Mm -hmm. but it's almost like you're a synchronicity with a friend and he's also white, just white, right? Mm -hmm. He's also white as you are. Um, He has a similar look as you are, similar style as you do. And uh, you you totally remind me of him. And it's kind of weird because it's like, he became Christian, and then he basically became, this is too simplified, too superficial, but he basically became straight. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, it's very interesting. What's your thought? You know, that uh, I do feel like that's actually a very common theme mm-hmm. with a lot of people is, you know, they will, they'll find like, oh, maybe Christianity is the right path for me. Because mm-hmm. not one religion is going to, or one ideology is going to work for everyone Mm there is going to be opposing ideologies all the time Mm -hmm. so uh but as far as for your friend's situation you know uh if that's what works for him then so be it i'm not one to judge for that 
-hmm. like I myself yeah I'm I'm going down my own path uh, which as different as it is from your friend it almost sounds very similar yeah yeah you should totally meet him <laughs> I mean, I mean, I would love to, as long as he's not like no, he's total not. Bible thumping Christian. No, and, uh, he he's a fan, he's a fanatic, and he'll you actually be it'll be like really relatable. But it's kind of like the same story. You remember how I told you about my other friend who has a particular. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah before and then, we started this. Correct. Yeah, and then I met another friend that was almost like the exact opposite and stuff. Mm -hmm. Now I'm not saying I'm not trying to impose like oh she's like almost another version of her or something like that or or he's a better version. But I'm saying, like, the synchronicity happened again. Yeah. It's like, oh, I have two friends that are kind of similar with each other. And now I have a friend that's almost becoming more closer to me, which is the guy that I'm talking about, mm -hmm. who has a very similar story to you. And you're the first guy on the podcast. Well, you know, I that is definitely really interesting to think about. Yeah. Um, and really, like what, what you were saying before, I really don't think there is... I agree with you. There isn't like one who's better than the other. Yeah. It really just depends on how they go about their situations. Yeah. Cause we all have our own unique mm -hmm. situation, our own unique life that we go through, mm -hmm. but it's also very fascinating to think about how similar we are, mm -hmm. like how we do actually have similar experiences, but just little things are tweaked. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it, it's really, I'm, I'm really curious as to how your ideas will almost like kind of, merge with each other or clash with each other in a sense mm -hmm. like that would be really interesting how you'll have a particular opinion about this and then i want to see almost how he relates with that so i should totally introduce him to you. are you are you cool with me introducing him to you i yeah. would love to i think that would be a very interesting conversation to have okay yeah that would be I, super interesting I, i'd be very open to it dude that's super dope I, as long as it doesn't turn into like an argument sort of thing no he's not the argument guy okay because yeah. i'm i'm not really into that when i get into arguments i shut down mm -hmm. i'm not into that sort of thing mm -hmm. he, he's more like a um rational disagreeer but not like he's not going to be like that abrasive like kind of controlling energy mm -hmm. you like that energy won't be around you all right that's yeah. all right i would definitely be open to uh having a conversation with him it's nuts all right well um i think this is the any actually your age okay last question how would you influence the um education system right now and how would you uh what what aspects about it do you feel like uh should be influenced well i myself i i i may have told you like yeah i did go to like a mainstream school but it, i don't think my schooling was very uh normal compared to other people sort of say mm -hmm. so i went to i went to a mainstream like high school where you would actually go to a class and sit down for each class mm -hmm. for about two years and then uh that was during my high school years for freshman sophomore year and during those years i like my main priorities were uh, learning sign language mm -hmm. and diving into the deaf world and color guard. If you don't know what color guard is, it's essentially uh, a type of dance, like not so much ROTC color guard, mm -hmm. but it's more of a performance aspect. We spin uh, flags, wooden rifles, sabers, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, by junior year, I was taken out of that mainstream school as my primary school and it became a secondary school where I would still go and learn American Sign Language and do color guard, but I was put into another school where it was all online. I would only go 
to that school once a week if I had to take any tests or if I had to meet with a counselor. Mm-hmm. So as far as like the schooling situation now, I there are some disagreements I would have with like Common Core because people learn differently. People people can be more hands-on, visual or I think it's called like a kinetic learning where you have to do like all kind like all the uh, learning varieties. Mm. So I do definitely think like the schooling system would should try a little harder to compensate for some of their students. Mm. As far as that would go, I'm not too sure too sure how. I haven't really put that much thought into it. Mm. Uh, but that definitely makes me think. That mm. definitely makes me think that I really should consider more about it, mm. and I would really love to. Mm. I feel you. And also, I think I figured it out. Basically, all you do is just pay attention to people's lips a lot in order for you kind of to figure out how to assess what words they're saying right yeah you've been noticing that i i've been reading your lips this entire time like my eyes are focused on your lips and not so much your eyes and it's funny because i took a public speaking class Mm -hmm. in my first semester of college and we learned that like in this culture in america that eye contact is valued like Mm -hmm amongst a lot of other things but something else that i learned in that class because i had a foreign exchange student in it is i think she was from somewhere in japan i think Mm -hmm. where you actually were not supposed to make eye contact with your teacher because it was for it was a form of disobedience Mm -hmm. and it was a form of challenge Mm. yeah yeah i sense that all right well thank you and and that's basically how you read people's lips right if you look at it enough then you'll get it yeah, after, like, I've been learning ASL for many years now, and mm-hmm. with learning that, I've kind of come to realize we make, you know, these formations with our lips, and that's how I can kind of... Assess the words. Exactly, assess these words and how they flow together. Along with that comes with, like, context of, like, your facial expression, mm-hmm. your tone, and how you move your body. I'm really surprised that you can even assess my high vocabulary, too. Yeah, you know, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. It like that's definitely a challenge, but uh it also helps that you don't have facial hair. <laughs> Cuz facial hair it gets very complicated to read someone's lips when they have like a beard or a mustache. Mm. Especially when it's just a mustache. I don't know why if they have both it's easier, but if they have just a mustache, it's really hard. Mm. Have you been like in a coffee situation where you're just kind of like by yourself and you look at people like about like 30 feet away from you and you're able to read their whole conversation i really try not to because that's kind of disrespectful that's almost like if you go to a deaf event and i love going to them and you watch someone signing from like 30 feet away it's very disrespectful to do that Mm -hmm. so i really try not to Mm -hmm. but there has been times when i was listening in on a conversation that was just too juicy not to listen to all right all right I'll continue continue yeah i i really don't think that i should continue on with that because there, it, it was uh let's it just was out of integrity it, it definitely was mm-hmm. it was definitely out of the ordinary and it was just it, it was very crazy it, it had to do a lot with like family situations within their home mm-hmm. so i it's not my place to say mm-hmm. okay so it's possible but it's out of integrity so if you're integrous don't do it. If you're not, it's a possibility. 
It most definitely is a possibility. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much for the podcast, brother. Um, appreciate the time that you gave me. And um, any last words? It was a pleasure meeting you. And I'm really hoping to... Uh, I'm really hoping that I sparked more ideas and more people to maybe learn ASL or be more open-minded to some people's mysticism and not mm -hmm. have like a one-track thought process because there's different ways of doing everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this is the 50 Stranger Challenge. All right. Peace out, man. Thank you. Have a good day. Peace.